Welcome, everybody, to this uh, episode of Breaking Absolute. Uh, I'm Peter Arulian, um, a, a musician and composer who had the notion that um, by having conversations with um, some of the musicians that are working in rock and metal who are, I think, pushing boundaries, they are doing creative work that um, at once des deserves a broader audience um, and is doing things that um, I think equally is, is approachable and enjoyable by the folks who are already sort of dedicated to the genre, um, that we could do that. We could, we could um, um, have conversations to deepen the relationship with artists, understand their process better, um, more of their music, more of who they are, and, um, and bring that to even more, more listeners potentially. So that's the desire, and if you if you dig what we're trying to do here, um, follow us, subscribe to the channel. gives us a chance to keep reaching out to these kinds of artists uh, like we are today with Arian Lukensen. Uh, this is actually a part two. Um, his career is so deep uh, and sort of so uh, expansive that uh, we re it required more time, and, and even with the additional time that he'll uh, give us today, there's more that we could spend, but um, there's some areas of his career that we just simply didn't have time uh, to cover before. So I'll well, we'll include a link to the the first conversation that we had um, in the notes for this. But for those who are coming in in here, um, um, Arian has um, had success as a solo artist. Um, maybe most known for his um, Arian Records, and there's an interesting etymology behind how that band name, project name, not really uh, related to um, his name, near, uh, near as they may uh, seem to be when you look or hear them. Um, he's, he's done more than 20 albums. Um, he has multiple live uh, recordings, uh, multiple staged shows of his work in meaningful theatrical ways. Um, and he's worked with some of the... the the biggest artists and bands, um, 50 plus, and this includes Avantasia and Within Temptation and After Forever. Um, today, what we're going to do is going to into some areas around uh, some of the side groups he's done a little bit more on his process for um, um, narrative work with uh, concept records um, and see what we can learn uh, more about the man. So with that the, as the setup, let me bring Ariane on. Welcome. Hi, Peter. Hi again. Hi again. Here we are. Thank you so much for coming back and spending more time. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Okay. So, hey, I was, as I was um, doing a little bit more reading about uh, you as, as, as the person, I read a note that I, I wanted to just um, get your, your, your thought on it, that you had at one point actually had a bout of anosomia. Am I saying that correctly? Um, uh, anosmia. Anosmia, sorry. Anosmia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it was weird. Uh, I went out on the town uh, in Amsterdam, actually with the band Mostly Autumn, with uh, Heather Findley, who was uh, on several of my albums. And um, it, was, it was nice, you know, we had a lot of fun <laughs> and quite some drink. And and uh, we went into a hotel, and the next morning I woke up and I was like, uh, I don't taste my food. It's weird, oh, wow. you know. I must get a cold, or because because usually when I had a cold, uh, I wouldn't taste my food. Yeah. 
So I'm just getting a cold, you know, but a week later it was still gone. And two weeks later it was still gone and I was getting really worried. So I went to the doctor and they did all these uh, CT scans and stuff like that. And they said, well, I'm afraid you have anosmia and there are three, um, uh, there could be th three reasons. Uh, one is you're just born with it. Another is trauma. You really hit your head really loud and the nerves are cut. And, and uh, the last option is uh, simply it's a virus, you know, it's a cold virus uh, going to the wrong place in your nose. So yeah, my, my smell is gone, which means that the flavor is gone. So you're, the, the taste is, is uh, on your tongue and on your palate, uh, but taste is just sweet, sour, bitter, um, uh, and salt, salty. Uh, but flavor, of course, is what makes the food nice and interesting. And that's gone, you know. So I went, uh, it was also just after my divorce. Uh, I went through a deep, deep depression after that. Because I was, you know, eating was everything for me. Yeah. It was so important. And I, I was a good cook. And we went out to dinner often. And and suddenly that's gone, you know. And, and um, on the one side, it's terrible, of course. But on the other side, it's good because I... From that moment on, I started eating really healthy. I mean, <laughs> why would you eat chips and mayonnaise and stuff like that if you don't taste it anyway? Yeah. So you, you start eating very healthy. So that was uh, always look on the bright side of life, uh, yeah. I say. <laughs> so that, so that's, uh, that's still a condition for you or is that since past? Uh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Sorry. So is that, does that continue to be a condition for you? Well, well, then the doctor said... Um, uh, if you uh, get it back, if you don't get it back within a year, it will always be gone. Okay. So I was like, I'll get it back. You know, no, bad things never happened to me. Uh, but unfortunately, it never came back. So it's gone. And unfortunately, also, it's getting less now. Um, it's getting less. But it's your your smell is getting less anyway as you get older. You right. know, like my mother is ninety; she doesn't smell anything anymore. Right. So uh, the weird thing is that my my smell is gone. It's getting worse, um, but my taste is getting stronger. And you would say that's good, but it's not. It's it simply means that I can't eat sweet anymore, and I can't eat salty anymore. It's when I eat sweet, it's like oh my god, oh. So, for instance, now I'm having these these uh, um, magnesium uh, pills, and it's all without sugar. It's, it's all and so yeah, I got to eat everything without sugar, uh, no sugar, no salt. Uh, quite healthy, yeah. too, of course. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that probably keeps you yeah. very lean. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, as you can see, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's just an interesting side story. I I, uh, I had never yeah. actually heard of and that. And now with, with COVID, um, it's actually a symptom, you know. Uh, a lot of people get it from, from, from Corona. Right, that's right. Uh, but I think they get it back. I'm not sure. I haven't read too much about it, but I think it mostly it comes back after. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that that's right. I think, I think I've think i heard some people have some lingering effects, but for the most part, it... it okay, returned. okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's um, let's dive back into the music. One of the one of the things you mentioned um, last time we were talking that we didn't return to, and I and I want to be sure we do is with regards to your solo work. Um, we right. discussed your first record, but you made a comment that you your s second solo record might be the record about which you are the the most proud. 
Oh yes. Tell us tell us about that. It's it's a hundred percent me. It's it's totally me. You hear so it's so diverse, you know, you go from Beatles stuff into Floyd stuff into Zeppelin stuff. Like I told you last time, you know, <laughs> all my favorites. And I could do whatever I want, you know, it's my solo album. <laughs> and um, so it's it's got some very weird stuff. It got, it's got some stuff that's sort of reminiscent to, to Arion. Uh, it's not a metal album. It has some heavy guitars here and there, of course. But... Um, because I'm not a metal singer, you know, I have a, a very cute, sweet little voice <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can't sing metal at all. So, uh, but I can sing Beatles stuff, you know, I mean, John Lennon is my favorite singer of all time, together with Dio and Robert Plant. But yeah, that, that's, that's I, I can do that kind of Beatles stuff, you know, and I also like doing it. So, so and this is Lost in the New Reel. Right, it is, yeah. For yeah. folks who, who are um, wondering what that record is. And then um, uh, on this particular record, you had, I, had, I had a note that you had a, a featured voice actor do some things. Sorry, I have? Um, what I have is that uh, actor Rutger Howard did some narration. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a dream come true, really. Yeah. I mean, a as a kid, I grew up, I think I was 10 years old, and there was this Dutch series called Floris, and it was like this medieval knights and, and princesses and stuff like that. Totally cheesy, but I loved it. And I, I, I watched it again a few years ago, and I loved it just as much. You know, it's so bad that it's good. Yeah. And uh, of course, he was the hero, and I think that was the first thing he ever did. Uh, the director was Paul Verhoeven, uh, who later on did a, a lot of movies with him. And uh, and then, of course, uh, he was in uh, in Blade Runner, uh, which is my favorite movie of all time. And he was so perfect in that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's always been my favorite Dutch actor. And for this story, Lost in a New World, I was looking for, for uh, a voiceover. And I just tried, you know, I went to his website and, and uh, just sent him a mail. And uh, I think within a few hours, I got a mail back. Uh, yeah, I checked out your stuff and it's fantastic and tell me more. And uh, so I've been Skyping with my hero for, for two weeks, which it, it was, it's surreal, you know, someone you, you looked up to all your life and suddenly you're your best friends, you know? <laughs> It was tight. I was so nervous every time, but at some point it was like, hey, look for you know, hey, and then we were uh, Skyping with, with uh, picture and, and, and stuff like that. And um, like he was on the film set, he was in the, in, in the caravan uh, where, where ladies were putting makeup on him, and we were just talking and talking about the concept. And uh, he insisted on writing his own text, which was very cool. And uh, yeah, he's, he, he was totally crazy. Uh, he, he, uh, he died, unfortunately, as you may know, a few years ago. Yeah. He was totally crazy, really. He was like the character in, in Roy Batty in, in, in uh, Blade Runner. That's, that's him. <laughs> you know, he's, he was as, as weird as that. But nevertheless, he was such a nice guy. And and all the time, also, I wanted to, what is this going to cost, you know, because I know the prices in the film world, you know, because I had some other actors. It's 
you know, you pay a lot of money. And all the time I was good, we shouldn't we talk about money, you know, because, <laughs> and at some point at the end, he was like, well, I have this charity organization. Um, if you want, you can send some money to that and just send how, how, however much you, you want to send. So that was beautiful, you know, that yeah. was great. It, it's, it's the best thing in the world to meet your, your idols and uh, not to be disappointed, you know, to, that's, that's such a great feeling. Oh my God. I had it a couple of times. I also had the opposite a couple of times, of course, you know, yeah. where you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's sad, you know, because then you can never watch their movies anymore. You, you never, you can't watch their, listen to their music anymore without thinking of that. So it's, it's scary. There's actually a couple of, um, like my biggest hero, Alice Cooper, I had the chance to meet him a couple of times and everyone tells me, you know, I don't know if you ever spoke to him. Everyone tells me he's a great guy. He's fantastic. Um, but what if he had a bad day, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just standing in front of him and all I can say is I'm your, I'm your biggest uh, fan. I have all your albums, you know, what are you going to say? Yeah. And, you know, he'll be like, Hey, fuck off, man. I'm busy. That would be awful. So, I had the chance to meet him a lot of times, but I didn't, I didn't. And of course, now I'm trying to get him for my albums, but it's, it's hard, you know, yeah. it's really hard to get through to him. And I, uh, I, I, I tried to uh, get him for, for Star One. And I actually got through to his manager who said, well, he only does things for friends now, you know, and those friends are, are uh, Johnny Depp and, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, what's his, uh, Aerosmith, Joe Perry and stuff like that, you know? So yeah. yeah, no way for me to get through there. Yeah, you make a lot of really good points there. It's um, when you meet someone you idolize, uh, there's, it's either gonna confirm everything you hope about that person as a person, yep. or it's gonna yep. violate your expectation. Uh, I know and yeah. it, it can sour it can sour your I've had that it happen. can it's oh you had it happen yeah you had yeah. you interviewed people. I've, of course you know we're not going to tell no, <laughs> who it was but no but I've, yeah. I you know I like not as many as you I'm sure but I, I I'm fortunate to get backstage at a lot of shows that come through Tampa. right right um, some of those people are are just beautiful kind approachable humble people and some yeah. of them are the sort of do represent the sort of um, rock star sort of um, true arrogance. Yeah, yeah. So that's always a bit well, of a disappointment. You could just catch them at the wrong moment too, of course. True. You know? Yeah. But but all my life I've been so careful not to have a wrong moment. You know, uh, it would be because I know how it feels myself. You know, I would never never uh, make a fan feel bad. I would always have time for them and. Uh, uh yeah because i know how it feels and also how good it feels you know when right. when your idol is 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 a nice guy basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right. and i had the same thing uh, sorry to interrupt you with no. uh, with the last live show of electric castle uh, we needed a narrator and uh, as you may know star trek i'm a huge i'm a total trekkie you know i'm such a sci-fi nerd and it all started with star trek so I, I, I set my mind to, uh, I had to get a Star Trek actor. And it was this story about this uh, omnipresent being, you know, who can do everything, which is Q in Star Trek, you know, John Delancey. Yeah. So Great again, I, I, yeah, yeah, I contacted him. 
and it got through to his management and his manager was like, no, no, he just doesn't do that kind of thing, you know. And then a day later, I got a mail from John Valencia. It was like, this mail comes in and it says John Valencia, you know, it's like, oh my God, I'm talking to Q. <laughs> and he was like, well, tell me more. I've been Googling you with my wife and uh, we like what we see and what we hear, tell me more. And a couple of mails later, he was like, I'm in. And uh, so, yeah, he came to Holland and, and we were together for, for, for a week and he was here at my house and such an extremely nice guy and I'm still in contact with him. So, yeah, uh, uh, I remember in the, in the making of, of, of the, the live DVD, uh, I, I, uh, I talked about John Valenci and I started crying like <laughs> at that moment, everything came out, you know. Like I was like, ah, and I was sitting there with the keyboard playing. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Take it easy. But uh, yeah, that, that's beautiful when shit like that happens. Yeah, that, that's a, those are the extra little rewards. Um, oh, yes. That, oh, yes. Uh, you don't count on, but uh, you cherish later. No. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's that's fun. Um, well, so you're, I listened to a bunch of your um, second solo record. It's really good. It's, okay, it's, cool. It's, it's, Thank you. Thank it's you. fun to hear um, some, some different flavorings from you. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. So are, will there be um, more solo stuff in the future? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. It, I had so much fun making that album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can... I can't plan. I do plan, but I never stick to the plan. Yeah. Really, <laughs> I basically every project, next project is due is going to be a solo album because that's what I want to do. But then it's like, uh, you know, oh, this is too complicated. I can't sing this. I need another singer for this part. And before you know it, I got twenty other singers, and it's not a solo album anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I try to make a solo album all the time. Uh, as I told you previous time, I, I always try to make. Uh, uh, Pink Floyd album like Wish You Were Here like yeah. very calm all the way through and I can't do it I remember my album Zero One it started with with a, with a very atmospheric uh, Beyond the Waves I think it was and that the whole album was going to be like that it was going to be a solo album like very Pink Floydy, but before you know it you know I got these fat guitar riffs and I hear this amazing singer like oh I gotta work with this guy and before you know it it's turning into a totally different project so yeah, to answer your question, I would love to, and I just keep trying until at some point yeah. <laughs> it's going to materialize. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, I wanted to uh, before we get to some of the side projects, I wanted to, to spend a little bit more time on um, concept albums because it's, uh, it's certainly a, a hallmark of your career. Uh, so oh yeah. Obviously, it's not all you've done and talked about some of the other stuff and we're going to talk about more of the other stuff um and we and we talked a lot about the a lot of the uh arian records last time but i wanted to just kind of take the the notion of the concept album which we did touch upon but there were some other things i was hoping to ask you, you said that um you always start with the music the music's got to be right yes um uh, and then you know the a lot of the other stuff comes after um, I'm wondering, though, in the in the crafting of the music, yeah, uh, are you thinking about, you know, like um, I know that I'm going to need a song that's very sort of epic, or I'm going to need a song that's more intimate. Like, is there any sort of emotion or anything that guide you in some of the song development? 
uh, I, I try not to think about it, really. I try just to let everything happen naturally um, up to a certain point, you know, uh, up to the point where I like, I've got these 50 little ideas and then I'm going to start using my brain. Like, okay, what fits together? Uh, like you said, the album needs to have an epic. Am I going to open with that epic? Am I going to close with it? Uh, am I going to have certain themes return? Uh, but uh, when I start, uh, it's, it's totally open-minded. Also, like I may have told you last time, uh, when I start, I, I have no idea what, it, what it's going to become, you know? So, because if I would know, it would limit me, you know? Yeah. So I just want to let all the ideas come to me work on them and then at some point i need my brain you know because it's it's <laughs> it's too much happening at some point it's too much organizing getting all the singers writing the story uh, getting the order of the songs right and then then i, I really have to think about it but uh, the first I, I would say the first half year is like totally uh, oblivious yeah. <laughs> just just grab the guitar and let it come to me Okay, so once you so once you've done that and you've laid some music foundation, and then you and then you start thinking maybe about the story a little bit, are you? Uh, and and clearly you have uh, an a uh, you know a, an affinity for science fiction because um, not only have you written records like that, but we we know that you are a fan of that um, kind of of story from the movies mm -hmm. you watch and everything else. When you when you start to to think about the story are you thinking about the story literally as just a um a, a, an escapist experience like a cool sort of idea or are you are you trying to explore s themes of any sort of larger themes like grief or uh like no I, I i try to avoid that because i never liked it as a child yeah i really i want to offer escapism okay uh that's that's as soon as i feel that people are, are trying to push push a, a message down my throat. I don't like it anymore. You know, I yeah. feel manipulated and I hate that. It's it's purely personal. If people want to do that, sure. that's fine. You know, that's good. That's good as long as it's a positive message. But I don't like it. And um, I'm sure a lot of people who know my music now say, yeah, but your albums are always about the end of the world and that we're, <laughs> we're treating our world wrong. True. And it just creeps in. And I try not to do it. <laughs> Really, I try just to offer escapism, but between the lines, you know, you always your own opinion creeps in, yeah. and uh, um, yeah, there is the worry about the planet, you know, and what are we doing and, and stuff like that. So yeah, that creeps into my story, but it's it's uh, I, I try to avoid it, by, but can't. And if it comes in, you know, I'm not going to stop it because then again, I'm limiting myself, which I don't want to do. Um, so yeah, yeah, the, it's a it's an interesting. I love actually your response to that because I um, I feel the same way. I uh, it's always super transparent to me in on an album, on a TV or film, even in a book, if the author has an agenda, um, and because or a message or a theme, because it I mm -hmm. think that it it somehow um, it becomes more important than the story. More, you know that that's it yeah. that's it right yeah. yes so I, I i actually appreciate i and of course you can't help but be you so some of how you feel and think is going to infuse the work but 
Oh yeah. I think that the idea of artists is first to entertain. Um, and I think, um, and I'm, I'm like you, I have a bias against it. So as soon as I feel like I'm being preached to, I tend to, to back away. Um, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I, I, um, um, but I wanted to ask cause every, cause everybody's different. Some people really, you know, they love, uh, coming at things from a different point of view. Right. Right. Yeah. Then again, uh, uh, if it's like totally nonsense, uh, I don't like it either. <laughs> if it's totally flat, but that's why I'm more a sci-fi person than a fantasy person, you know, because because like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm more of a, a Trekkie than a Star Wars, you know. Uh, there has to be there has to be something in it, <laughs> you know, without without feeling manipulated. There has to be some depth to it. Yeah. But but you have to find it yourself. That's what I like. Is, um, if, if, if you know it's there and you, you can find it and it's not being pushed down your throat. Is there a, this is a frivolous question, but is there a particular, one of the, the Star Trek series that is your favorite of the various? Well, I grew up with the original series. So okay. obviously that's, that's my favorite, you know? I mean, who can beat Spock? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there you go, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when the next generation came out, I hated it, you know, because it was like, ah, and this this robot, this data is supposed to be the new Spock, and and uh, what about this captain? He's bald, you know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I hated it, uh, and then and then at some point, you know, you start watching it anyway because it's Star Trek, yeah. and at some point, I loved it, you know, <laughs> and maybe it's. Uh, I mean, it, in many ways, of course, it's better than the old series, you know, yeah. it looks better, the effects are better, the acting is better, there's a, there's a lot better. So yeah, I love the next generation. I mean, I got all these, I uh, got them all here. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of terrible episodes, you know, the, the Wesley <laughs> the Wesley episodes and uh, and uh, stuff, but um, yeah, I would say maybe I like the next generation better than than uh, the old series. I mean, of course, it, it it didn't really stand the test of time. You know, the old series. If you see it now, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, that the I mean the the emo the emotional quotient of the original series is is there, but um, you know it. it it suffers from a lot of the, you know, being the being the first and and um, but I like you. I think my favorite is the Next Generation. I've watched yes. the others, yeah. um, but the, I think the Next Generation is the, is the one I watched. Yeah, the most. yeah, yeah. I couldn't get into the others. Yeah. Weird. Uh, yeah, I could get into Enterprise, and that's one that no one likes. Yeah, but that's the, the one where they go back one to, like. in time, right? They go back to the beginning. Um. Wasn't that Enterprise? I think, uh, well, yeah, there's a lot of time travel in every one of them, so <laughs> that's hard to answer. But um, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about the one where they 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 started the series. This shows you that I'm not a deep trekkie. Where they, they right. it's where the Federation started, so the time. Right, 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 right. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Kind of like a, a prequel. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, okay, well, there's that's um, so we know you're uh, Star Trek more than Star Wars. 
<laughs> well, I, I like tracks more than wars. You know, I, I hate oh. wars. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a good uh, one. I, 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 hate, <laughs> I hate violence. Of course, I love Star Wars. You know, I love that the sure. movie. I love Harrison Ford and stuff like that. And I, 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 I really enjoyed the movies, but I'm more of a Trekkie. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all the shooting, you know, the and the laser fights. That's totally not my thing. Totally not my thing. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not much of an action. I don't like action and I don't like violence. And uh, also in my music, um, uh, it's, it's epic and it's big and it's powerful, but it's, I think it's never violent. Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't like violence in music, but again, you know, it's, I don't tell people don't do that or it's bad. It's just my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah, and you it's get just my personal it. taste, not even my opinion, my taste. Yeah. Yeah, and you and um, it, it that's really I, I like that because uh, it gives your music a uniqueness. You're telling these I hope so grand stories. Um, I hope so, and you're not relying on. Uh, I don't have any personal moral compunctions about violence and storytelling necessarily, but mm-hmm. um, the it, it's 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 powerful to tell us a, a, a human story. Or even a story with technology, true, true. Yeah, where you yeah. don't lean upon violence as a as a storytelling. True, crash. true. I, actually, in a lot of my stories, there's no good and bad. Uh, I think only the last album, Twenty Two's, there's really some some good and bad. But yeah. most of my stories don't have good and bad. It's just things happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a, evolution. Uh, but yeah. I, the, the typical good and bad thing, I, I don't really like it that much. It's, right. Again, it's the, the feeling that you're being manipulated. Oh, this, uh, uh, I'm always watching shows with Laurie and then there's this bad guy, you know. And then we always say, guess we're not supposed to like that guy, you know, <laughs> that you already feel manipulated. Oh, this is the bad guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I think that there's our, there's a tendency to oversimplify characters um yeah 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 you know, um i like it when you have to guess is, is it's a good guy or a bad guy yeah. i mean it's, an example comes to me now it's silly but it's in lost uh, have you seen lost i have yeah oh, i loved it i loved it and there's this guy ah i forget his name now and you, and you're not sure if he's good or bad i like that you know you have to find out and yeah. is he good or is he bad and and maybe he's he's really bad he has some good in him or he's really good and he has some bad in him you know that's even better yeah that's that's uh, yeah character development that's what i like oh good yeah that's good I, and i think that bears out in your in in your album and it I, might, th- I hope so i hope so yeah. it might be part of you know what's helped them be re- so resonant with your audience um um i mean i guess they're they're it's arguable that there are concept albums of all flavors that have success but Yours have a have a, a stamp, a, a very a signature to them that is uniquely yours. So keep doing what you're Thank doing. You. It's working. We love it's, it. it's all I can do. Even I, <laughs> I'm trying to do other things, but I'm failing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is it, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think I don't, don't apologize for that. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, I cool. wanted to ask a question. Um, you, you said last time that um, you know very often you'll. Your, your vocalists, you'll give them some license to work um, yeah. if they want to with the melodies and, and lyrics. Oh, yes. But I'm wondering what, it, what if any coaching you do give them, um, 
Um, is there times where you're like, look, the, this is kind of what's going on at a higher level in the story. So uh, there's a little bit of like, I need some some punch. I need some I need some like big notes. Is there any oh, yeah. coaching oh, yes. you give them there? Oh, yes, yes. And that's why I like to have them in my studio, okay. which is not possible, you know, at the moment, right. which is terrible. And I hate it. And I hate it. I really, I really need to have these people in my studio and, and motivate them and tell them, always tell them what's happening in the story, what kind of, um, uh, what kind of feeling it should have, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's very important to me. And I can't do that um, now, you know, because I have to send them the guide focus and they send it back to me. And uh, I'm terrible, I'm never satisfied, you know. So I send them back three more times like, can you change this? Can you adapt that? And it's, it's, uh, yeah, I hope really that soon I can fly everyone into my studio again, because in my studio, it always works out, you know, it always, even if, if, if certainly you had Tommy uh, on the show, I watched the whole thing. Oh, it was fantastic. It was long. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and he told you that, that he had voice problems when he came to my, my studio. Uh, for theory of everything so what did, did i do we, we just changed all the melody lines you know together okay, grab a guitar let's do it like this oh that's equally cool you know okay let's sing that a bit lower and uh, and yeah if he would have sent it to me and it, it wouldn't have been good which happened a lot of times you know you have to either uh, tell the singers like can you change this can change it but sometimes you get it and it's like okay there's nothing I can do with it and I can't use it. And I have to tell this singer now that it's not good enough. And that's awful. You know, yeah. it happened to me a couple of times and it's terrible. Yeah. Same thing with soloists, you know, uh, I, if I asked someone to play solo on my, on my album, I would never tell them what I want because I asked this person because I love his style or her style. Um, so it's always, they do whatever they want. And, uh, but yeah, sometimes you get it and you just don't like it. And sometimes I ask them, can you please change it? And sometimes they say no. And then I have the decision, do I use it anyway? Or, or do I just delete it and ask someone else? Yeah, yeah. well, that's um, that follows from having, a, I think, a, a, a pretty clear vision of what you're driving towards with your record. Um, that's what a good producer has. You know, even though I, you you've been you've been honest and open about you know you, you your artists have some latitude to be creative, you oh nevertheless yeah. like you you have an ear for what's going to work and um I think it, it's true yeah I think it's you know um, I I understand that a little bit I think I told you I wrote a rock opera and I remember um, I had I couldn't find the voices that I wanted locally so I had to use some of these online places to look right, for right. voices yeah. and yeah, yeah. i would go through thousands and thousands of whoa, whoa, to find whoa. the the voice with the sound um, yeah. that i needed for certain part for certain songs and that's an exhausting process um, yeah. and then once you start to work and get get um takes back and start giving direction you know i um i, I had a very clear vision of what that needed to be and i there were times um, that it was, it, there was, t you know, it just didn't, it wasn't working and the, the, the vocalist wasn't, I wasn't maybe communicating clearly enough. So I understand yeah. that process. Um, and I can only imagine what that's like when, for you, when you're working with 
um, musicians who are, you know, big, successful name career. True. Musicians. Yeah. Yeah. There were like some big names where I had to say, like, sorry, it's not working out. <laughs> And, and and also I have to admit there were some big names like that were so big that I used it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's decisions you have to it's decisions you have to make all the time. Yeah. People ask me so many times, how do you do this? Who do how do you do that? How do you do that? And you can't tell them because every 10 seconds you have to take a decision. A decision, nope, 10 seconds later, another decision, yeah. and all those decisions have to be right to get to that result. So you can't tell people, how do you do that? You know, you need yeah. someone with an insight who makes the right decisions all the time. Yeah. And then people sometimes tell me, yeah, you're such a perfectionist. And what does it matter? You know, if you, if you close that Hyatt or open that Hyatt, I mean, are you going to sell 10,000 albums more if the Hyatt is closed? You know, <laughs> but I, I don't agree with that. It's all these little details, all these little decisions, what, which add up to the end result, and that's right. um, and that's what makes me a perfectionist. Yeah, I, I, but I, I'm, a, I 100% agree with you. I think that it's attention to all of those things, in aggregate, that that create these these records that people love. If you, mm -hmm. you know, if you if you just powered through them without paying that attention, they wouldn't be what they are. Um, no, so absolutely not. Yeah, no. so I, I appreciate. Um, I, pre I appreciate the perfectionism and you know that's obviously going to create situations that aren't always ideal but um, oh yeah 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 I, but i warn people you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I always warn people when i start to work with them i'm a bloody perfectionist and now you're still like oh that's good you know keep me on my toes yeah. but at some point you're gonna hate me yeah. <laughs> and this is especially with with like uh, people who do artwork for me or who do layout for me or who make videos for me you know in the beginning it's all like yeah let's try this let's try that but then you know months later <laughs> and i make these lists you know they're, they're like like such long list for this second this has to happen and this second it wasn't good you have to change that and oh my gosh and yeah and, and i drive i drive people crazy there are some people who really will never work with me again um <laughs> Well, you I'm, and there's go ahead, go ahead. And there are some people who are like uh, realize that may, they might learn something, you know, and they yeah. might, when you get to the end result and compare it with what we started with, they might say like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, uh, you were right." <laughs> and those are the people I will keep working with, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there are some people who can shoot me. Yeah. Yeah, some people just um, that's just they they're not they don't work that way. But I'm 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 partly laughing because uh, I did the exact same thing. I with some of these remote vocalists that I worked with, I would make very yeah. long, long notes, very detailed notes at time markers of what vowel sounds needed to kind of change oh, in yes. different ways and where I, I yeah. wanted breaths. Cool. Uh, so I understand exactly, and and I think it comes from a clarity of vision, and so I um uh, I love it. I I th and I think it's why your your records have this resonance um, and particularly because you're, you're, you're telling these stories. And I think all of this attention to detail helps knit that together. Um, oh yes. Yeah. So I, well, yeah, I, I, I see the big picture and that's my big talent because um, 
people uh, of, often tell me you're so polite you know when i say like i'm not a good singer or i'm not a good guitar player i'm not specifically a good writer or or but i see the big picture and that's my talent and that's my strength you know yeah. i know what's good and what's not good i think that's that's what uh, a lot what talent is about like recognizing what is good and what is not good yeah. uh, all the time. Again, all those decisions, you know, every 10 seconds, you have to recognize that's good. That's not good. And if you can't do that, you can't learn it either. You have it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, well, speaking of, of all of this, is there, uh, is there any next record in, in the works or is it too early to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course I'm still working on star one. Um, uh, there's, there's, yeah, a couple of problems with singers, legal problems, and so I, that's shitty, you know. Then I can't use a singer that I really like, and and uh, have to look for other singers. So I'm still in that process now. Basically, I'm ready with the album. Uh, just, uh, um, but uh, when I'm working on an album, I can't think about the next one. I have to really finish it and I have to really be ready with it. And then slowly, you know, uh, I, I will hopefully, <laughs> I, I always think the well is dry, but I, hopefully I'll get ideas for, for, for a new album. Yeah. But no, no, while I'm still working on an album and it's not totally finished yet, not even if it's only the artwork or the liner notes or the photos or, or the videos or whatever, you know, I, I, I need to concentrate on, on one project. Yeah. So uh, no, no idea what's what's going to be after this. So well, yeah, so a solo album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so um, the have you announced? So you, so you don't actually know who the vocalist will be for the next Star One record. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I, I I'm going to have to make some changes right now. Yeah, uh, but um, I I'm thinking of. Uh, I don't think I ever told anyone this yet officially but uh, I, i'm thinking of releasing two cds because i've got so many great guide vocals now and so many vocals from other singers that it would be a pity not to release it so i'm yeah. thinking now of releasing cd1 and cd2 because uh, because those vocals on cd2 are, are just too good to miss so wow. i'm thinking about that now which which will make life easier for me <laughs> yeah that's cool um yeah um okay so that's exciting i i know that you have done in the past um sort of creative um you know reveals of who's on the record when it starts getting close. oh yeah 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 so uh, I, 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 yeah i'm really looking I, I i like that so much i call it the guessing games <laughs> and people love it and i love it and and it's uh it's yeah you 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 play an audio file of, of a singer uh, like a few lines and then people have to guess who it is and uh, uh, on Facebook yeah and they can win something you know some merch item or whatever yeah uh, and it's <laughs> it's cool there's like thousands and thousands of reactions you know and especially if I have like a big name like like on the previous album it's Joe Satriani you know and I'm gonna put Joe Satriani on there and then I'm just waiting what are people gonna say you know and you, you feel like Steve Vai, John Petrucci you know, and there's, there's a couple of, no, it's Satriani, clearly, you know, and then you get like 100 people saying it's Satriani after that, you know, but yeah, uh, yeah I love it so much. And uh, I'm even thinking now 
because uh, the first two Star One albums had uh, the, the same cast of four singers, uh, Floor Janssen, Russell Allen, Damien Wilson, and Dan Sueno. Uh, but this album has, uh, as I told you previous time, uh, has a different singer for each track. Uh, maybe it's just because of the, I can do the guessing games again. You know, if I had the same cast, I can't do the guessing games. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've got, uh, I'm working on the guessing games right now. I've got 41 lined up. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably going <laughs> yeah, to start soon. And there, there are some big names on there, you know, and I'm looking so looking forward to people's reactions of hearing it and uh, what are people going to guess, you know, also new talent, you know, what are people going to think of it, of them? And uh, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's teasing them a little bit too, you know, I love, love to tease them a little uh, bit. I think, that, I think the fans, <laughs> I actually had some people um, from our first conversation mentioned this and I, when i told oh them, they did okay yeah, who, yeah. Who, who? No, well just 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 people who said because i think i asked them i said something about asking about who is going to be on the next record and and they yeah. said well it, it, i'm sure that he'll do the the guessing games again oh right uh, right yeah, uh, yeah so he's not yeah. going to tell you who it is no <laughs> no so they know how, they know they should shut up yeah they're going to get in trouble with me yeah <laughs> That'll be fun. So, so sometimes yeah, yeah it's 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 really going it's really going against the grain because nowadays everyone shares everything the same moment, you know, yeah. on on Instagram or Facebook or or, or Twitter or whatever. Uh, so I'm, it's weird. I'm not doing that. I'm quiet for a year, and then suddenly, you know, for a couple of months, I'm, uh, I'm. Uh, doing these guessing games so it's uh, yeah it's people like it and there's no they can't google it you know yeah. <laughs> that's the cool thing they can't google who is this you know or voice recognition i don't think that exists for, for, for singers yeah so yeah really nobody knows so it's it's a very uh, unique game basically uh, i think the fans enjoy that that process they, they do they're already asking me for it now when are the guessing games going to start you know and uh, can you already give me a few tips and i was like no because then it's no fun for you you yeah. know <laughs> yeah, that's right and as soon as you tell one person then everybody knows because you know yeah 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 um well let's shift gears then and for a minute a few minutes i want to talk about um they uh, side projects i think does a disservice to what they, these are these are other musical groups that you've um, begun. And we've talked a little bit about a few of them, but I wanted to go through them. At the, um, sure. And I'm not sure this is any in any particular order, uh, but the first is Ambion. Am I saying that correctly? Right, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And this was, this was um, um, turned out to be just one album. Um, True, yeah. Um, although I think you s said at one point that you might have been interested in doing more. Uh, I'd love to. The singer kind of went into semi-retirement. Yeah. Yes. Well, actually, uh, I, I just bought a Pro Tools, uh, which is like a recording system on the computer. Yeah, that's what I use. I uh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows it, I guess. Yeah. And I had to learn the program. So uh, I, I hate learning stuff, you know, and I hate reading stuff. I, I just want to work. So I thought, well, let's just get uh, let's get help you know someone who helps me and we work for two weeks on a new album and that's that's the way i'm going to learn how to use pro tools yeah. but i didn't have any ideas yet so i thought well what am i going to do i'm just going to take my old albums 
and there's all these cool synthesizer sequencers behind beneath the music that kind of got buried in the music so let's surface them and let's make new songs out of them so that was the whole plan Okay. So I made all these new songs out of old songs that you really didn't recognize anymore. Uh, and then at a certain point, I was like, well, a little bit like Mark, Mike Oldfield did, you know, he had like vocals on one or two songs, uh, female vocals. Uh, I'm thinking of Moonlight Shadow. That was Mike Oldfield, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what I wanted to do. So, so then I, I uh, got a, a message from someone who said, well, there's this 14-year young girl, you know, that I heard and she's great and she's Dutch. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> But then I heard it and I was, oh my God, this is so good. This is so good. So I invited her and she came over with her whole family. Uh, and, and she came in my studio and it was, uh, I was like, she was in my studio. And I, so this is a microphone, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you have to put the headphones on. Yeah, but I can't hear you if I put headphones on. No, you'll hear the music on. That's really the way it went. Wow. And she started singing. It was like crying and goosebumps. And it was so amazing. And she just came up with, with, with her own melodies and 14 years young and so amazing. So she did these two songs and it was so good that I was like, I want those vocals on all the songs. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of becoming an, a, an, a vocal album, an instrumental album with two vocal songs, it became a vocal album with two just in, in, instrumental songs. Yeah. And um uh, yeah, she was amazing, and and yeah, she she went through a lot uh, after that, and um, she, unfortunately, we're still good friends, and, and we still uh, message each other every now and then. But she's chosen a different path, uh, a higher path, a higher path, okay. uh, and and this just it doesn't fit in her. Uh, uh, yeah, she, she just, uh, she's not available anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, it, it feels weird for me to do another ambient with someone else. It just doesn't feel, I could do it. I mean, there are plenty of great female singers, or I could do it with like Simone or Annika or whatever, but it doesn't feel right, you know, ambient was her. So that will be a one-off. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. This is, sometimes it's fun to have unique deep cut yeah, records true. that you can return to. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about we've talked quite a bit about Star One. Um, this mm -hmm. is the this is the one sort of side thing. Again, I I don't think that's a great term, but it's a, a group. Uh, is it the only one that's had multiple records that that you've been a part of? Whoa! Uh, apart from my solo albums, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I I read yeah. that somewhere because we're going to talk about um, Dream of Passion and Guilt Machine, but I. Right. I, I think that this is the one sort of side thing that had, where the multiplicity of records are all things that you have written. True, true, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about Stream of Passion then. Um, sure. The, the, this, this strikes me as a little bit, the music, um, a little bit more conventional progressive metal than some of the other stuff. How would you describe... Uh -huh. How do you think about Stream of Passion kind of in your body of work? Basically, it was leftovers from uh, the human equation, my Arion okay. album, Human Equation. Um, on the human equation, I had sort of, a, I had asked the fans, I, you know, I got all these big names on the album. I had James Debris and, and Michael Ackerfeld and Devin Townsend. I also wanted an unknown name on there. And then I got like uh, 20, or, or, or no, 
no, 200 at least. Well, you know how much work it is to listen to uh, 200 entries, you know, you said thousands. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I had, to, I had to pick a singer from that. And uh, in the end, I picked uh, Marcella Bovio from Mexico. So she came from Mexico and uh, she was the unknown name on the Human Equation album. And she did so great. And she was such a nice, intelligent, beautiful girl that I wanted, uh, yeah, to do something else with her. That sounded weird. <laughs> Sorry, musically. <laughs> I, I understood. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, um, <clears throat> so I was like, uh, let's, let's do a solo album, you know, and, and I still have some ideas that I didn't use on the human equation. Let's work on that. And I just sent her those ideas instrumentally and she made her own vocals for it. And uh, we also made some new songs and at a certain point we had this album together. And she said, well, you know, why don't we make a band out of it? Uh, not a solo album, but a band. And I was like, yeah, sure. So uh, I found, I tried to find people here and there, uh, mostly unknown musicians to join, to join the band. And uh, so, yeah, we got this group together. We recorded the album. And of course, uh, uh, we were thinking about playing live. And, and they were like, please come with us, you know, play play in the band and and I was like wow okay okay you know <laughs> so I was in the band too and we did a, a tour uh, and it was all great and um, but uh, but it's you know uh, it's not my life anymore to play live and I'm not good at it and it's not my passion so uh, after one album I was like uh, great you know that was it for me and a couple of other members also stopped and uh, uh, luckily the band continued you know yeah. Uh, on their own so all without me I didn't write for them I didn't uh, didn't help them or anything well I helped them of course but uh, they were totally on their own so they made a couple of great albums uh, after I left yeah so the um the question I have there is uh one of the questions I have is um there were these these songs left over from human equation were these songs yeah. you had just written just too much material for one right. record or was this stuff that just didn't quite fit with it didn't fit okay it didn't fit it was mostly atmospheric stuff and it was mostly ballads okay. and i felt the balance would be wrong i think human equation is already quite a uh, uh, it's not a metal album like like later albums zero one or the source were you know yeah. uh, it's uh, and more ballads more quiet songs would have tipped the balance it would not have been good yeah okay yeah that's a that's um I, that's a really interesting way to so when you're writing you just write what what comes and then as you piece the album together you have things that don't fit but that you can reuse True. right yeah, yeah yeah well basically i never reuse things you know if if, if i didn't use it i, I often just throw it away throw but away. with human equation it was a very uh, I just changed label. I worked for Inside Out, and uh, I had a lot of inspiration. I just and there I really had some ideas that I really liked, that I may have used for an, another album, but now, uh, or for next area. But now, you know, I had this project with Marcella. So, okay, excellent. So now let's talk about Guilt Machine. Um, yep. um this one. Um, I'm kind of looking through the people. That, there's some pretty big names on this record. Um, 
did you pull this together? How did how did this one get rolling? Was this another thing where you had music that didn't fit into the project? Uh, no, no, I, I really, it, it was time for me. Uh, I had Arion, basically Arion is my mothership. It has all the styles of music I like. Yeah. It has metal, uh, prog, uh, electronic, folk, uh, singer, songwriter, anything is on there. Uh, and sometimes I like to limit myself. And I just like to concentrate on one style. Like the ambient album was very ambient, uh, hence the name. Uh, and uh, Star One obviously is based on the metal side of Arion, so uh, you won't find any violins and, and uh, dulcimers and mandolins and cellos and hobos and shit <laughs> on Star One, you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, with Guild Machine, I, I wanted to, again, I wanted to make my Pink Floyd album, basically. <laughs> Which I failed because, you know, I get out the guitar and out come the heavy riffs, you know, and gone is poor Pink Floyd. Uh, so, yeah, that that was just uh, uh, focus more on the on the on the atmospheric side, but not too ambient, you know, still pretty heavy. Um, and at some point I wanted to do it uh, just with one singer. Um, but uh, I wanted like I didn't want a metal singer. So uh, for a long time, I was uh, working with a guy of Remy Zero. I don't know if you ever heard that band. I have, yeah. Uh, that singer is amazing, so incredibly good. But unfortunately, things went wrong, or I, I lost contact with him, or whatever. I, I don't know what was going on in his world. Um, and then I, I heard about Jasper, who is like basically a Belgian pop singer, you know, is, and. Uh, uh, such a great voice. I mean, yeah, compare it a bit to to Jeff Buckley or Muse. You know that that kind of style, a very high, uh, clear, clear voice. Yeah. So we went to see him live, and he was like totally amazing. And I thought, you know, and probably he was he's a, he still is a big star in Belgium, also on TV and shit like that. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to get him, and he's probably going to hate metal. But uh, <clears throat> I was in luck because I approached him. And he was like, yeah, metal. And then uh, he saw I worked with Bruce Dickinson and he happened to be <laughs> a huge Bruce Dickinson Iron Maiden fan. So that caught his interest. So he came by and we worked and it, we really hit it off and it went really well. And, and he especially enjoyed making all those weird harmonies and melodies and stuff like that. And uh, my girlfriend, Laurie, wrote all the lyrics and the lyrics are really, really deep. It's it's not something I, I could write, you know, I'm not good enough for that. They're, they're like really deep and every line is very cryptic, but still, you know, there's a lot behind it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it suddenly turned sort of into a group. Uh, I played all the guitars and bass. Uh, Lori, uh, my girlfriend who wrote the lyrics, uh, played all the guitar solos. Um, Jasper Stavelink, the Belgian singer, uh, sang all the vocals. Um, and then I needed a drummer. And uh, at that point, I was a huge Porcupine Tree fan. And I saw them live many, many times. And Chris Maitland was their drummer. Uh, it was still before, uh, ah, what's his name now? Uh, the drummer afterwards. I can't in King Crimson, King, in King Crimson now. Uh, anyway, uh, Chris Maitland was the drummer of Porcupine Tree, and I, I loved his drums. So, um, yeah, luckily I, I uh, managed to uh, um, 
get him for the album so he came over from england and, and played drums on the album yeah that's a it's uh, it that's really good music um it's another place i commend folks who maybe area of your musical life that they're less familiar with um it's worth the Side I, I, I love that album. I, I remember a few years ago, I went jogging and let's listen to it, you know, and I was like, oh my God, without sounding too arrogant. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And somehow it didn't connect with the Arion fans. Somehow it wasn't the success that it should have been. Yeah. Uh, maybe because it didn't have a story. It wasn't a concept album. It didn't have all these big names on it. It had a, a singer who was not from the metal realm, you know, that's... <laughs> How dare you? Um, so yeah, the people who did like it think it's my best album, but they're uh, yeah, the, the opinions vary. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you do your best work, and the chips fall where they will fall. Right, right. But yeah, yeah. You you said something there that I want to I want to follow up on. You said uh, uh, wasn't a metal singer. What in your? I know that this changes based upon the person, but in your mind. Mm -hmm. What what constitutes a metal singer when you think about uh, grit? grit. <laughs> there has to be some grit, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's that's. I think that that for a lot of folks that that's that's one of the qualification. There's some grit, some rasp in the voice to give it some kind yeah. of edge. Um, so and the reason I ask is because then there there are guys like you know um, James Labrie and Jeff Tate and Bruce Dickinson, who largely are not known for grit, and they're mostly known for their sailing like range. Right, um, right. That's that's important. The high range, and of course the vibrato. Yeah. You know, vibrato is so incredibly important for me, and not like this fast one because I have a terrible fast vibrato. That's all I can do. It. You know. <laughs> but yeah, singers with this, and of course the the ultimate. Uh, God is Dio, of course. If you sure. think about vibrato, his vibrato is perfect. Yeah, you know, it's it's just it's that's that's the vibrato of all vibratos. Yeah, um, I I feel the same way. I feel um, when you get a deeper oscillation in the vibrato, there's a certain character and strength that that it projects that isn't right. there when the vibrato oscillates really quickly. Um, and I, I you know I'm not trying to throw shade on that, but there are vocalists like. You know Barbara Streisand and and some others who yeah, 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 are yeah, great yeah. vocalists, but their yeah. their vibrato is not is not what I prefer in vibrato. No, because it's no, so quick. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are it's. Uh, I love to hear uh, how people think about that. You and I are of like minds there. Um, yeah, yeah. About well, the three singers you mentioned, of course, uh, Jeff Tate and and James Labrie and Bruce Dickens, they all have that slow vibrato. You know, especially Bruce Dickens and his vibrato is amazing. Yeah. I mean, of course, I had him in my studio and he was standing there one foot on on the speaker like he does live, you know, <laughs> and uh, and that vibrato came in and it's like, oh, you know, sail away on that vibrato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Those those are some of the high practitioners right there. Some singers have too much, to, but it's like too going too wide, you know, that's not good either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. I one of the things that I've, I've been fascinated by as I listen to some vocalists is some vocalists have control over the oscillation. Yes. So they'll, they'll, they'll find a, a return of the cycle at, um, to fit the, the measures that they're doing right. um, or the tempo. And I'm, I'm yeah. always impressed. They can even that. double it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Some singers, you, they just double their vibrato. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, that... And I had a few in the studio and it's that's, you know, a lot of Dio's vocals are actually like on long live rock and roll and stuff like that are doubled. And um, it, it would be a shame if, if you have a beautiful vibrato, you double it and, you know, the five, two vibratos cancel each other out. Yeah. But if you are able to double your vibrato, you're on top, you know. Yeah, having that control—that's a—that's part of the, um, the high art for for vocalists for sure. Right, right, yeah. Uh, the last group I wanted to talk about is the Gentle Storm, um, and this was this was a return to your collaborative efforts with Annika, yeah. Yeah. Um, by coincidence again, yeah. Okay, so so by coincidence, what is? Did you guys just decide? Well. No, no, I was just working on something. I wanted to do something classical, you know, I did ha hadn't done that. Like, uh, so I listened to a lot of classical music, which I never did in my life. I think classical music is a bit boring. <laughs> I, I need vocals. Yeah. And classical music is often meandering. You, know? you got this great team, theme, uh, and then the rest is just meandering. So I could never get through it, you know, but, yeah. but I started listening to classical and there's a lot of good stuff there. So I wanted to do something classical, something folky. And I was just working on it. I had no plans at all. I was just working on all these songs. And uh, I think at some point I even wanted to do something with Russell. I had Russell in mind. And uh, um, at that point, I just got a mail from Annika. Hey, how are you doing? And uh, that was it, you know, <laughs> Annika called me. And uh, suddenly I thought, would this be something for Annika? So I, I, I I told her about it and I told her that I wanted to be a concept album and she loved the idea. Yeah, and that, it was, uh, there was a, there was a lot of music. Was that a double album? Uh, actually, it's, it's, I always come up with these new things. Uh, it was the same album, the same music, but one was totally huge and with, with, with orchestra and, and uh, big with drums and, and guitars and the other one was totally acoustic so all real acoustic instruments so there was really uh, two views on the same songs two totally different contrasting views on the same songs wow that's an exciting uh, approach yeah and she even sang them twice you know one with more grit of course the, the big one yeah. and the one very clean and sweet and uh, uh, yeah I, I love them both Really, I, I couldn't choose. And of course, it was, it's called The Gentle Storm. So one album was called The Gentle Album and the other one was The Storm Album. Of I course. like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I listened back to it and, and, and I don't think I can make an album that's better. So that's why I'm not thinking of doing another one. Okay. I think in that style, if I want to do something like that, um, I, I, really, I don't think I can make something better. So... Wow, I think that will be a one-off too. Yeah. Well, and there's some. It has some interesting features that I read about. Um, you can you can tell me if this is true. That it was a first record that um, featured double bass in the instrument. Uh, true. Yeah. 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 It's the first time I used. Uh, usually, you just use plugins. You know, <laughs> it's much easier, much cheaper, much faster. But now I was doing this acoustic album and, and I, it's just a rule, you know, sometimes I have rules and it's like, I want every instrument to be real. So yeah, I, I had a real double bass, uh, which by the way, totally ruined my car. 
did that happen? <laughs> I, I just came up now. I had the beautiful Mercedes, you know, and uh, it didn't fit in the trunk. So we had to put it uh, across inside and, and it had to lean on the dashboard. So we drove from, from the train station uh, to, to my studio and we got the bass out. And all the time, this bass had been banging on my dashboard. So it was totally holes everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the, the bass was sort of damaged. So all during the recording, we heard like, oh, it was, it was a disaster. Oh, that's, yeah. that's too bad. Well, yeah. but you got a great story to tell now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's the first time I told anyone actually. <laughs> well, of course, I had to tell my girlfriend, like, "Oh my God, sorry." <laughs> yeah, I ru honey, I ruined the yeah. car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I also but, read that that uh, something happened, and you had to completely retract the drums in a whole in one day. Yes, yeah, we we. Uh, Usually we record the, the drums in Sand Lane and, and I always record that and it's always good. Uh, but this time an old friend of mine, uh, whom I actually, the guy I started Arion with, it started, the first album was recorded in his garage, you know, and he, uh, without him, there wouldn't have been an Arion. And he was like, I got this new studio and uh, could we do drums there? And it was like, ah, my old friends, my old mate, you know, so I asked the drummer, you think it's okay? Yeah, let's do it there. But that guy was not ready, you know. Uh, we went in there and he didn't have headphones and, and didn't have certain mics and he had to still solder cables. And so we were there for a week or something. And usually we, we tracked the, the drums in two days and there were so many mistakes and, and it was crappy, crappy week. And I, I, at the end, I came home with the, with the recordings and I noticed that there were toms missing you know, just tracks not recorded. Oh, wow. So I contacted my, my, my friend, who is not my friend anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, this is too much. You know, this, this is totally crap. And he, oh, well, then you can't use it. And I said, well, I don't even want to use it. So without thinking about it, I called Sandlane. I said, sorry, I should have picked you guys first. Uh, can we record it? Yeah, sure, come over. So we, we went there and... Ed recorded the whole album in one day. Wow. You know, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, another yeah. great story. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm just impressed as I go through these, this journey of all of this. I mean, we've already talked about so much of your solo and in the principal work and this like increasing list of very, very, um, interesting differentiated music with great players uh uh it's an impressive it's an impressive body of work and it's the reason i wanted to have you back on the show um because i think it deserves some conversation <coughs> so I, I i really thank you for spending another hour plus with us to talk about it um yeah you're very welcome man i enjoyed it really so it's I, always good to talk about yourself <laughs> <laughs> well you're you're uh you know, people are loving our first conversation, so I know they'll love this one. Oh, too. great. Cool. It cool. sounds like um, I always ask what's next. It sounds like the thing next is you're is trying to finish up this Star One record. True. It, well, it's almost finished. And uh, what I would love to do is, is because um, uh, I, I just mixed the new Star One album in 5.1. Okay. Uh, 
and we're releasing all my the the record labels releasing all my Arion albums on vinyl chronologically oh, good. which means that the the next ones we did electric castle last time so the next times are, are going to be universal migrator albums um and i, I would love to remix them because i think they can sound a lot better i did the same with uh, electric castle but i think i can remix them and i also would love to do a 5.1 mix so that might be the next project because because i don't need to have inspiration for that you know yeah. <laughs> it's not i don't have that like that's uh, sort of sword hanging above me like now you gotta make the new album you gotta have inspiration you know so that, i think that's a good uh, good way to bridge bridge the long time i have to wait for for the release of star one because yeah. and it, it takes a long time because i don't know if you know this but the production of vinyl is terrible now it, i think in the us it's like you have to wait for six months now it's, wow. it's terrible and here in europe it's like four or five months so yeah uh, it will be a long way till the release so this this is a good way to bridge that time and 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 remix those two albums universal migrate i'll make a 5.1 mix and uh, i think that's going to be uh, the next and, project and it sounds like you for some time now you've been working in pro tools yes yeah yeah ever since ambion so that was in 2000 or something yeah something like that yeah, yeah. Well, well we'll look forward to those remixes but um I think it will be. I think I really like with Electric Castle, the original sounds so good uh, that I didn't know if I could do a better job. And I'm still not sure if I did. But with this album, I really feel that I can do something better. So yeah. that's, uh, yeah, that's something I would like to do. And then my last question for you is, um, I'm, I think I know the answer to this, but I always ask if there's another mountain an artist wants to climb, by which I mean, could be uh, a, a different creative um, endeavor like painting. It could be non-creative, like I don't know, pouring cement. Uh, the the I I shouldn't say that. There's probably an art and craft to that too. <laughs> not a, I'm not aware of. But I, the you know that sometimes an uh, an artist they have they're so busy with music, but at some point in their life there's there's a thing they would like to try. Is there, do you have anything like that? You know what my answer is going to be, right? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From our last conversation. It's, uh, it's all music, man. It's I'm so one-track minded, you know. I've always been, ever since I was a little kid, everything was about music. Yeah. <laughs> so any time I don't spend on music is wasted time. So, um, yeah, my girlfriend often tells me, go paint, you know, or go draw again, because I was really good when I was a kid at drawing. Um, but I would just have to pick it up and learn it again. And as I told you earlier, I don't want to learn things, you know. I, I'm good at making music and producing stuff. So uh, <laughs> I, I'll find my mountains uh, within the music. Within music, yeah. Is there a, is there a particular uh, musical style that you've not tried that you think you will? I think I did everything on Arion, you know, every style I like. If I would do a new style now, it would be something I don't like. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, how long have I been doing Arion? More than 25 years. Yeah. And every time I try to do something new, so every time something new creeps in. Uh, so. Well, you know what? We're all happy if you just keep making music. <laughs> I will do that. You keep doing that. <laughs> it's a promise. Yeah, it's a promise. Well, uh, 
Gosh, you've been so generous. Um, thank you again. These have been wonderful conversations. I've learned so, so much, and it's been, I think, very inspirational cool. for cool. Uh, well, for others too. Well, for for me too, man. And 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 really, I saw a couple of your other interviews. It's fantastic. I really really enjoy it. Oh, thank you. I saw you. the one with Floor and the one with Tommy and and. Uh, and the one with Troy, that was very cool. What a nice guy he is. Yeah, yeah. And a, lo and a lot of these folks are folks that you've worked with. Uh, right, yeah. Almost all of them. It's almost like, all of them. I, I said, I said my girlfriend, like, he's, hey, he's just have, has this Ariel now in front of him. Which one's going to be <laughs> next? <laughs> That's right. Russell, yeah. Floor, Troy, yeah. uh, Tommy, yeah. all those guys. Tommy. Yeah. Work with you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, that's well. You, you've worked with so many great artists. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so it's uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to get to to talk to the linchpin. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, um, if you'll just hold on the line so I can say a personal goodbye, I'll play the sure. outro for the folk on on the stream. Um, but, but until then, you take good care of yourself. I will. <laughs>